I crossed my first seven figure mark with one product, with one funnel at $29. And I just focused. There was literally nothing else I was doing with my time than being really focused. And I am a big believer on just doing one thing really, really well. And I do believe to get to seven figures, one thing is generally the thing that you need. So who wants to go first? Angela, right? Yes. Hi, my name's Angela. <laughs> my Hi, Instagram Angela. handle is at Angela underscore Gargano. My question is, I've been doing the same business for a very long time, which is teaching women pull-ups online, which is great. But as I keep doing it for so long, it's almost like you get kind of sick of it in a way because you're doing the same thing over and over again. And I'm feeling really called to pivot and mm. do that next thing. Mm -hmm. But I also know if you focus on too many things at once, it could be a problem. Mm -hmm. So I know you all have done so many different things. So how were you able to do kind of like those two things at once and kind of move into your pivot? Great question. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that it kind of depends on what the pivot is. Because if you're going to go into like home design, <laughs> that's a little bit more of a sharp left turn. Do you have an idea of what your next thing is? It, it, yeah, so I really want to do, I'm actually writing like a book right now okay. and then I want to move it into a podcast and I really want to focus on those two things more, like right. with the book, with the podcast, yeah. with speaking, instead of just only being seen as just the fitness person, just the person who's teaching pull-ups to women. That's great, mm -hmm. but <laughs> I want to be seen as that other piece. Yeah, such an easy pivot. I've, you and I both did this. Yeah. It's like the perfect pivot. Do you it is. So yeah, I'll share and I think we probably both have a little bit different version of it. So I do think like our audiences actually need to see us evolve. Mm -hmm. So don't believe this lie that you, you're pigeonholed into only ever doing the one thing, but it's it's being responsible. If you want that current business to keep going, setting up systems, getting people in place where it can still fulfill what it's fulfilling, because the first business that we build is the one that gives us legitimacy. It's the one that says like, hey, I've built this. Now let me tell you the story behind it. I want to start to introduce more of my personality and the mm -hmm. person behind this and just take us along on the journey. That's really it. I think I hear so much from my community that people are afraid to pivot because they think it's going to seem to everyone watching them like you just came out and the next day you're like, now I'm a home designer. <laughs> if you did that, that would probably be a little bit shocking to your audience. But if you take them along on the journey, let's say you wanted to make a really drastic pivot. You don't. But you can start to share, hey, I've always been interested in this. Mm -hmm. And here's something that you guys probably don't know about me. And start to weave little parts of it in and, and get their feedback, get their buy-in, share the story with us. Your audience actually wants to see you evolve and they need to mm -hmm. if they're going to stay engaged in your story. Yeah, I don't, you know, everybody's like, oh, it's going to be so weird if I pivot or what is this going to look like? Or it's such a big thing. It's really not a big thing. Like it, it feels that way in the moment. But you have people coming into your program right now all the time that are also leaving soon after that, right? Like they don't stay with you. You can only do so many pull-ups. Exactly. I mean, they stay with me, but. I mean. <laughs> but We've not, had people for a long time. But not all stay with you. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. Not all stay with you because the pull-up became their like spiritual awakening to their next step. So mm. that's what you guys have to think about is that first thing is kind of 
especially if we're doing not everyone in here, you know, you're all evolved at different rates. But if you're doing like a your first business kind of thing that you've done for a long time, that might be first people's kind of contact with like get making themselves better, especially in the fitness community. I found that was people's first contact, first choice of trying to make themselves better. So now what happens is you've helped do that. You've helped crack them open and now they're on to the next thing. So it's not that weird to give them the next step while still simultaneously doing this other thing. Like, hey, I've noticed that, you know, just by doing pull-ups, you guys kind of awaken something within you. You realize Mm -hmm. that you're strong. You realize that you want more. And so I've created this other program because it's been a theme in what I'm doing, or I've created this other thing, or I'm very interested in this other thing. So I think anyone can pivot at any time. I've been talking about this a lot because I've looked back at historically how I've pivoted from fitness all the way to books, podcasts, personal development, MLM to like physical product now that's totally different. And that's because I've poured so much into just the personal brand. So when you guys think of your business too, like also think of it as, do you have a personal brand? Are you building a personal brand? Because anything that comes out of you personally that you're showing interest in, you can pivot into because you're a person. So like a person can change their mind at any time. So if you're also simultaneously like building your personal brand, I think pivots are like you could pivot all day. As long as you do it in a, obviously a powerful way that doesn't confuse people. But yeah, that's super helpful and like reassuring. To just, yeah. yeah. Okay, just do it. Okay. Do it. You're going to so love exciting. it. Okay, who's next? Right behind you in the sparkly top and fabulous earrings. <laughs> going to need that link. It's, it's your, your birthday. birthday. It's your birthday. Happy birthday. Happy, happy yeah. birthday. This is the best gift <gasps> ever that yeah. I could ever so want. Someone chose to spend their birthday with us. I know. Oh that makes me so happy. I couldn't imagine anything better. Um, happy birthday. Uh, so my name is Dawn Marie. I'm a uh, executive coach and also a speaker. I do a lot of keynote speeches and I'm obviously very nervous, so I'm just going to calm myself down. My question <laughs> is, those first two years of the podcast, each one of you have started, what were the three hardest things that you had to go through and what were the two things that you did that helped you the most because mm. Lori especially she's very good about writing posts on Instagram you just have to do the reps you're not gonna mm-hmm. be a millionaire overnight mm-hmm. it took you five years I think to monetize your podcast so I'm not even thinking about the money mm-hmm. but I do want advice on like to learn from you guys great question so so things that we did that what what was the first one I don't even know. I blacked out because I'm so hardest, nervous. The oh, hardest, the hardest things. Okay, yep. and then I guess what, needle movers what we too. Did. Yes, like what we yeah. Would let's say. do that. Hardest things about it, and then needle movers. Yeah, I think in the beginning, I just all podcasters. I just want you to be consistent. Like you just focus on being consistent for the first two to three years, and you've beat everybody. Meaning you really have. Everyone else has fallen off. And in podcasting, I just the other thing is is you know the, the hardest thing is being consistent. And the hardest thing is not seeing really a reward necessarily. Yeah, you see your numbers grow. Sometimes they grow slow. Sometimes they grow quick. Nobody really knows what the algorithm is that does that. There are some key things that can really help that. But it's knowing that the the podcast is a long game. That's the hardest thing. Like people, when people want to get in and make money, I'm like, you're never going to make it. (laughs) It's going to take a really long time for you to make money. The thing that I want you to, to think about, though, while you're doing that is the person that you turn into that you become from podcasting is going to affect everything that you do. The ability for you now to speak on stage will be, I mean, amplified. The ability for me, if someone handed me a mic in an awkward situation or in a room where 
you never guess but as you hang out with more like big mentors they do shit like that like just put you on the spot <laughs> or like you're at their event and they're like oh a spot opened up could you speak this you evening hop up there for real like these things happen and if i didn't podcast i'd never be able to take those opportunities i'd say no mm. and then that would lock in their brain and they'd never give it to me again because that's how it works Dang. so it's true how it works they're like Oh, she wasn't brave enough even just to take the world by the balls. So <laughs> grab it, handful. Anyway, um, the things that are needle movers, I feel like you're so good with these things. Both of you, I'm going to let you answer those. Okay, so whenever I'm talking about content, I always teach short form and long, long form content. So short form is the place that you really want to be growing an audience. So you're attracting new people to you and then you're having them take an action. You're generally not having them buy because getting them to know, like, and trust you comes from your long form. So short form is picking one platform, like just literally one platform, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, whatever it is that has discoverability built into it. So you can actually go viral. You can be, and go viral is literally just being seen by people that aren't already following you. You can get that discoverability. Long form is a podcast or a newsletter. Pick one, do one of them, just one of them really well and consistently. And your podcast or you really want to be seeing that as a place that you're nurturing people and they're going to turn into the buyers. So I know you're not thinking about monetization maybe with sponsors, but I can tell you, let's say you have a thousand followers on Instagram and a hundred people consistently listen to your podcast. Those are your buyers. And that's a hundred people that want to buy from you. So it's actually very, very powerful. So see it in that way. When you look at your content strategy overall, pick one short form platform, one long form platform and be very, very consistent on the two and think about how they can play together. Think about how podcast content could become great short form content. Don't chop one podcast episode up into 10 podcast pieces though. I know people talk about that. They talk about the hub and spoke model. It will not get engagement. Quite frankly, it's going to flop. You have to package it in a way that actually gets engagement for the platform that you put it onto. So think about that. Think about how they play together. I'll echo the consistency part. I think that's really, really important. Getting a process dialed. So having a process that's very repeatable, whether it's in Asana, Notion, something like that, that eventually someone else can plug into without you having to do a full retraining process and make part of your process doing some research for SEO, doing some research about what are other people talking about on their podcast that's doing really well? What are my ideal clients searching for when they're listening for podcasts? Doing that kind of research Think about your titles, little things like that, that does move the needle. And then every now and then, if you can prove that you are a very good podcaster, you can start securing some guests that do have audiences as well. And I would recommend going after the guests that don't have huge followings, but they have small engaged followings that generally aren't doing a lot of podcasts. Because I don't know about you, but if I follow someone that generally doesn't do a podcast and they post that they've done a podcast, I want to go listen because I don't hear them in the long form setting. And so think about that. But you have to do, you, you do have to put the reps in to prove to someone you're a safe interviewer. And what I mean by that is I'm not going to get in a podcast with any old person that I don't know if they have any good interview skills and they're just going to like ask me some terrible questions. I'm going to be like sitting there being like, what the fuck did I sign up to? And then it gets published <laughs> and I'm like, please, can we take it down? Like you really do want to know that you're getting on a podcast with someone that's going to ask you good questions. They're going to do research. They know how to podcast. They've got equipment, like those things so thinking about it from those process, that that kind of process and those steps, and you'll crush it. But a hundred people, they are your buyers. So monetization can happen a lot earlier than you think it can with mm -hmm. podcasting. You likely already know 
but we are all about utilizing AI strategically at Boss Babe. And one of the way we do this is by using Notion Q&A. Notion is one of today's podcast sponsors. And if you're new to Notion, it is an amazing platform that combines your notes, documents, and projects all together for you and your team to access. You likely already know how much we love Notion at Boss Babe, but I wanted to tell you that now it's even better and easier to use than ever, thanks to its newest feature, Q&A, an AI assistant that can answer questions literally in seconds. So if you have an urgent question you normally send to another team member to answer, just ask Q&A instead. Notion AI can now give you instant answers to your questions using information from across your wiki, projects, documents, and meeting notes. It'll search through thousands of documents in seconds and answer your question in clear language, no matter how large or complex your workspace is. It's really incredible, you guys. Notion's workspace provides you a beautiful space to manage projects, share files with team members and contractors, and even create launch plans with clear timelines. We highly recommend the platform and use it across all areas of Boss Babe. You can also trust that your data is secure because Notion AI is designed to protect your information. No AI models are trained with your information. The data is encrypted and answers will never use information from pages you don't have access to. This is important. Try Notion AI for free when you go to notion.com slash boss babe. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash boss babe to try the powerful, easy to use Notion AI today. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show, notion.com slash boss babe. If you are looking for a meal delivery kit and the other ones just aren't cutting it for you, I recently tried Dinnerly with my family and I just really want to tell you about it. This podcast is sponsored by Dinnerly. Dinnerly is the most affordable meal kit I've ever come across. And with our code BOSSBABE, it's actually only $2.99 per meal. With Dinnerly, you can choose from over 100 delicious dishes every single week, including a wide selection of cuisines and flavors from steak dinners to oven roasted salmon, or even your favorite takeout dupes. Dinnerly truly makes mealtime flexible. Not only can you customize your meals the way you want them, but Dinnerly has also got different serving sizes for families big and small, budget-friendly saver recipes and options for so many different diets. Think low-calorie, low-carb, vegetarian, and they're actually the only meal kit with gluten-free friendly customizations. At Boss Babe, we love Dinnerly because of the flexibility and scheduling. We definitely don't need a box of fresh food sitting on our doorstep while traveling this holiday season. And Dinnerly makes it super simple to change your delivery schedule. Dinnerly also has a complete market for grocery essentials. Stocked with over 125 items, their market is seasonally updated and changes weekly. You can shop for fresh produce, baked goods, ready-to-heat meals, and much more. With just a few clicks, grocery shopping is done and comes delivered with your meal kit. And with Dinnerly, you aren't locked in long term. Dinnerly's flexible subscription allows you to edit, pause, or cancel your boxes anytime. Make cooking exciting, affordable, and easy with Dinnerly. Head to dinnerly.com slash offer slash boss babe and use code boss babe for 24 meals for just $2.99 per meal. Again, that's dinnerly, D-I-N-N-E-R-L-Y dot com slash offer slash boss babe for 24 meals for just $2.99 per meal. And make sure you use our promo code boss babe so they know we sent you. So good. I... Don't have anything additional to add to those, but I will say, number one, you're already such a leader. I feel like I get personal podcasts in my DMs from Don Marie because, but literally, you are in my DMs often because we've developed that connection, hyping me up. You have leadership within you. 
And so I want you to remember that, first of all, your background, all the skills that you brought from corporate, I know you're transitioning into something new. You get to bring that with you. So own it. Own it like those fancy fucking earrings you're wearing right now that I can't stop taking my eyes off of. I really want them. From Etsy. We're going to get that link. I just love but how we shop off each I'll other. Add, I'll <laughs> add to this. I did not look at any of the numbers in the first year. You can ask Danny, who's here, the good in media. Shout out to them. Danny is the whole reason I have a podcast. And I remember one day he said to me, he's like, you have like a lot of downloads. I forget what the number even was. And I was like, yeah, haven't looked. Don't even know where to find them. Because I knew I knew myself well enough to know I would get in my head if I made it about numbers instead of about the impact I wanted to make. So I had a little bit of a community forming when the Powerhouse Women podcast started, but small. I didn't wait until I had a huge audience to start it. Our community has grown along with the podcast. And the biggest thing I've done, it's the same thing I do to build every single other element or vertical in our business, is I make the community feel like they're part of it. And I think people get in their heads when they hear that and they're like, but when I ask what topics do people wanna hear, no one answers. In the beginning, it was like one person. And I would be like, Sally, it is your lucky day. <laughs> this one goes up to you. <laughs> Casey Kasem. But you right? <laughs> can dedicate a love song to her. But what that did is it taught people, wow, Lindsay's listening. She's really listening. And when no one would answer my question box that said, what do you want to hear? You know what would inspire the next episode I did is it would be just one comment or one DM from someone. And I would say, hey, this was inspired by a DM that I got. Either I would say the person's name or if maybe it was a more vulnerable share, I wouldn't. But I would I would make it about the community and let people know I was listening. So I hope that people, when they listen to the Powerhouse Women podcast, feel like it's theirs. It's not mine. It's not me talking about the things that I just want to talk about. But it's really something that the community has been a part of from the beginning. And that really did start with not much engagement. So take the little engagement that you have and run with it. But tell people that you're listening to them. Tell people that they're inspiring what it is that you're doing. This is for Angela, too, as you're thinking about starting your podcast, right? So. Those are the two things that I think have moved the needle in not in the tangible ways at first. And I think that's going back to what Lori said. It really is a long game. But to date, we don't spend money on ads. We have a completely organic business. The podcast is the number one place all of our business comes from. It's been the best investment I've ever made. This is now also a great testimonial for my podcast team. Best money I've ever spent is starting a podcast because Hundreds of mm -hmm. thousands of dollars have come from this podcast, not from advertisers or from the traditional ways that people think of monetizing mm -hmm. a podcast. Yes. And I just want to say that's what I meant with like monetizing it outside advertisers, because, mm -hmm. yes, money all day from your own stuff. Like in the beginning, it's incredible. It's so worth it. And I didn't actually sell anything on the podcast as far as my own offers in the beginning. Maybe I guess the event I would talk about the event because that was in place at that time. But just start by nurturing the audience. Make it about them. And you know what I did in the beginning when I didn't have anyone that wanted to sponsor me? I just got affiliate codes for products mm -hmm. that I really liked. And I was like, this episode is brought to you by Soul CBD. Soul CBD. And I would tell them what it is. And then I'd be like, get 20% off with the code Boss Babe. And now they sponsor me. That is so genius. <laughs> but mm -hmm. I just loved the product. And I was like, well, 
I might as well give it a shot if no one wants to sponsor yeah. me. I'll just mm-hmm. pretend. And it made me feel more legit. I'm like, this podcast is brought it's to so you by brilliant. And it feels legit. So and no brilliant. one knows. Yeah, totally. That's genius. Actually, actually, someone just gave me that tip. They were talking, well, they were sharing about how to get sponsors. And they said, do it for free for a while and show them that you're doing it for free. And they're like, okay, we like this. We want you to keep doing it. And it's a great way to bring that conversation to the table. Yeah. And I think Soul CBD was like, Oh, she's making sales from somewhere. And I'm like, because you're sponsoring my podcast. Just me over here. I love that. I love that question. And happy birthday. Happy birthday. birthday. Okay, thank you for celebrating with us. Hello, my name is Tori Cruz. My Instagram is official Tori Cruz. I own a wardrobe styling business for female entrepreneurs and speakers. Thank you, ladies, for everything tonight. That's been so great. Um, My question is during times of transition, what are your core routines? that have really reignited your momentum? Ooh, such a good question. Lori, I feel like you're so good with routines. Well, right now it's interesting because I I had kind of pulled back to build the company, so I wasn't doing anything extra outside of that in, in the podcast and just, uh, even when I say I'm not doing anything extra, we do extra things because that's how my brain works. But <laughs> I try to do things that bring me joy. So I'm very habitual though with my workouts. I'm very habitual with my walks. Those are non-negotiable. My walks every single morning on those walks, I do something called the power nine where it's three gratitudes, three excited about some three grateful fours. And I think that that always just helps get conversation and ideas starting. You can do that like with your partner. You can do that with friends. Sometimes we've texted it to each other. I'll text you sometime. You're going to we'll put that it. on our group text. Yeah. <laughs> you text me your shit. I'll text you my gratitudes. Yeah, okay. That's going to be yeah. great. <laughs> I don't think that magic can happen without you creating the containers or things that can trigger that. So stuff like that. But something really big for me that has gotten me back into my energy and momentum was even just starting Girlfriends in Business because I asked myself, like, what feels really fun Mm -hmm. right now? What would that container look like? What would feel like too much? And I was like, oh, two days or like having too much access to me. Like I want them more to find each other. So creating something that really, really lit me up that sounded exciting that I knew that they needed as well. And being in that energy, because when I was out, I thought it would give me more energy for my company, but I actually got less energy. So like what containers do you need to create, even if it's for other people, that being in that energy is going to like light you up. Like when I'm done with Girlfriends in Business, I'm just like want to run through a wall. I'm so excited about it because I'm around all your energy. I'm I thought like, you were going to say are- troll mode. Uh, well, no, that's the, <laughs> that's the only event so far that I've created that yeah. I don't do troll mode after. I wake up and I'm like ready to go the next day. So I think that's something to to look at is like what gives you energy, but it's not just like. It's not just like doing stuff with friends, though. It could be masterminding in those groups. I think it's like doing your skill set and your soul's purpose within a container you love. That's what's giving me a lot of energy right now. Okay, I'm just going to be totally honest. When I'm in a transition period, my routines go out the window. Just completely. I'm like the least structured version of me. It's tough. But the one thing that I thought of, which you will love, is that I'll really be intentional about using things like dressing as the version of me that I I see myself becoming that I know I'm transitioning into I'm not I'm not feeling that energy yet but I've actually used my style my my personal style as an access point to the person I'm transitioning into for a really long time and that doesn't mean every day it's like a balance between troll mode hardcore troll mode and and getting dressed but 
that helps me tap into that energy. But if I'm being honest, I'm not someone who has a morning routine that always looks the same. And so often that's the place I would go to to even like beat myself up more when I was in maybe those more vulnerable emotions of a transition is like I create this unreasonable morning routine that then I wouldn't stick to and use that as like a whipping stick for Mm. me being like, see, you're never going to become that version of yourself. So I just leave a little bit. I mean, why why do we become entrepreneurs and create these flexible lifestyles if we're going to use them to then create little mini prisons for ourselves? So there are things that I know make me feel good or don't make me feel good. I'm conscious of that. And then the biggest thing for me is getting dressed. And if you don't know how to get dressed, call Tori. Call Tori. That was not, I mean, that wasn't even Not planned. sponsored. Yeah. But here's my affiliate not link. Not sponsored, but we would like to <laughs> think about a future sponsorship. <laughs> Anything for you as far as structures, strategies when you're so in transition? I am someone that has a structure for every single day of my life. <laughs> I have Teach a routine for everything. And during my biggest transition last year, I was in postpartum. I wasn't sleeping. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was leaking milk. I was covered <laughs> in puke. There was poop everywhere. Like that was the first time in my life that I didn't have a structured routine. And actually mm. that probably perpetuated how shitty mm. I was feeling. And the best thing I did for myself was being okay with that. Yeah, I would not have a go at myself for not washing my hair, for not getting dressed, for not getting out of bed many hours in the day. Mm-hmm. Because the days that I did, it comes back to what I say about competing intentions. When I'm telling myself I should be doing one thing, but actually I, I'm doing another because that's where I'm at right now. That competition with myself tells me I'm wrong the best days I think I had during that time was when I just let myself be and if I didn't want to do a certain thing I wouldn't do a certain thing and I would just be in my own energy and there was even times my husband would say can you just snap out of it and mm. I couldn't snap out of it <laughs> I wish I could I was like, okay. it's great fucking like, suggestion he's thank like, you you would have done like 10 things by this time and that's where I come back to not gaslighting myself I'm just being honest with myself that right now I need to be doing nothing and I need to be okay with that and I need to not judge myself for it and so I think about what is the thing that you know you naturally Actually gravitate towards when you're in transition it's probably very different be okay with that and really I think our bodies are so much smarter than we give them credit for listening to your body like I knew in that time I was not meant to be going out and working out and going on all the walks and there might be people listening saying well it would have done you good it just wasn't for me at that time <laughs> I was figuring myself out and being in bed and just snuggles with my baby and crying every now it just felt good and I just did it and as soon as I let myself do it I felt better. So mm-hmm. I think do what you feel called to and give yourself permission to knowing that you know better than any other guru out there. Mm. So good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite educational platforms, Masterclass. I have been referring back to this platform for years and I love that you can simply log in and take inspirational classes from world-class coaches no matter where you are. If you haven't explored Masterclass yet, go to masterclass.com slash boss babe and scroll through some of the categories. I think you'll really love what you see. One of the latest classes I tuned into was Anna Winter's class on creativity and leadership. She takes you into her office as Vogue's editor-in-chief and it was so inspiring to learn about her leadership style, team culture, and how she encourages creativity in her team. Not only does Masterclass have tangible business development classes that you can watch at your desk or listen to on the go, 
but it also includes classes in 10 other categories ranging from food, home and lifestyle, music, wellness, design and so much more. There are over 200 classes to choose from with new classes added every month. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash bossbabe. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash bossbabe, masterclass.com slash bossbabe. Let's take a quick pause to talk about my new favorite all-in-one platform, Kajabi. You know I've been singing their praises lately because they have helped our business run so much smoother and with way less complexity, which I love. Not to mention our team couldn't be happier because now everything is in one place. So it makes collecting data, creating pages, collecting payment, all the things so much simpler. One of our mottos at Boss Babe is simplify to amplify and Kajabi has really helped us do that this year. So of course I needed to share it here with you. It's the perfect time of year to do a bit of spring cleaning in your business, you know? Get rid of the complexity and instead really focus on getting organized and making things as smooth as possible. I definitely recommend Kajabi to all of my clients and students. So if you're listening and haven't checked out Kajabi yet, now is the perfect time to do so because they are offering Boss Babe listeners a 30-day free trial. Go to kajabi.com slash bossbabe to claim your 30-day free trial. That's kajabi.com slash bossbabe. My name's Christy Lockhart. I host the Start Scared podcast, and I'm also um, an intervention specialist and a learning center director. My question is, what is one piece of advice you can give to the woman listening who has something weighing on her heart? She knows it will make her life better, but she's scared to start. Are you asking for a friend? <laughs> is this sure <laughs> i love the name of your podcast what is one question that we would say if somebody's scared right now but it's weighing on our heart that if you don't do it it will eat you alive <laughs> and the longer that you don't do it the less of yourself you will become and the more the people around you will pay for it i mean, that's i was like that's <laughs> yeah. it that's that's nothing <laughs> that's the tweet that's mm-hmm. it thank you mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. thank you for that great question, question. Hi, ladies. I'm Neely Neal on Instagram at Neely Neal. <laughs> that handle's never taken. It always surprises me. Um, but I am a tech career woman, also a podcaster, The Neely Neal Show, also not taken. <laughs> so, um, and my question for you is I'm really looking at stretching and enabling a team behind the scenes to help support me as a working mom podcaster, you know, stretching into these growth areas. Can you take us through what it looked like while you were in these winter seasons or pivoting or making these dynamic changes personally, how you interacted with your team? Did you have to change the conversations, the cadences, how you were working with them? How did that transition look when still enabling the team and being a a leader for them? Is the question really like about, on one hand, needing to show up as a leader and projecting strength, essentially, when maybe you're not really at a point of strength? You got it. Yeah. What's the balance? How did you how did you manage the dynamic? Please. Okay, so I think probably the correct answer is a leader shows up in all areas that they are and they're very vulnerable and all those things. For me, that wasn't my journey personally. And during my postpartum period, there were times I couldn't face it. And that was just 
that's just the truth. And the best thing that worked for me was having a buffer. So when it was support that we had at home, I would speak via my husband. And with some of my team, I would speak via one of my team members. There was always people I would very vulnerably go to, but I also knew showing up in certain states to meetings was not necessarily helpful for my team. That's not what they needed when they're trying to hit their goals. And so I would have people that I confide in, but then I would also trust them to then lead in certain ways. That just really worked for me. There have also been times though, where I have shared with people what is going on behind the scenes when it's been right to do so. When I think leadership for every single person looks different. And I, in that season, I was just very private and it felt very private to me. So that's how I did it. I think you've got to do what's right for you. And if you have certain relationships with certain team members, it's going to be different. Like my nanny, for example, she was brand new and we brought her in because I knew that I just needed some support. And I really struggled with even having support in that realm. So for me to even explain to her some of the things, I would have just broke down in tears. Like it just wasn't the right thing. So having that buffer was really great for me. And I know you hear, use your voice, speak. That just wasn't my journey. Like, so think about what works for you and what's going to support you in getting the result that you're looking for and honor that, honestly. Does that help? Yes, it it did. It hit home more than you know. Mm. (laughs) Thank you. I love that. Mm -hmm. Okay, next question. Hi, uh, my name is Nicole Leno. I'm the host of Unshakable with Human Design podcast. And my question is, When all of you've scaled your businesses, if you could go back to, you know, breaking through, you know, that multiple six figure mark where you're trying to get to the seven figure mark, is there something that you doubled down on back then that you would do again? Or looking back on it, is there something like you're like, no, I should have done this? What would be like that, that thing that you think would, would get you to that point? Mm. I'm trying to think when we took that leap, when we were doing personal development and courses, I think the first thing that we did that helped us get there was to be in masterminds where people were doing those numbers, where they were showing how to do it. I would not only do masterminds that kind of like help you show everything, but I think I would go into something a little more strategic that would have like really focused on what those exact steps were as well. We just kept going and learning about all of it instead of getting really focused on one thing. I know Natalie and Linz are going to have great things to say about this. So I think that's what I would go back and do. But that is what moved the needle the most for me was people opening that curtain all the way up to see exactly what that looked like. If I worked, if this was my goal, you know, in working backwards from there, where is mm-hmm. it going to come from? How are we going to do this? How much money do, do we need in ads? All of those different things. A lot of people are surprised when I share that I crossed my first seven figure mark with one product, with one funnel at $29. And I did nothing but that one product and that one funnel at the $29 mark. And I just focused. There was literally nothing else I was doing with my time than being really focused. And I am a big believer on just doing one thing really, really well. And I do believe to get to seven figures, one thing is generally the thing that you need. Because most people that get stuck in the six to multiple six, I'm like, okay, let's let's talk about your business. Okay, my office suite. And I'm like, we don't need a suite right now. Yeah. <laughs> we just need to be focused because I think that's how you build something that starts to, to take on kind of a mind of its own. You get other people referred to you. It really gets to start being talked about. You get a lot of that traction and momentum. And when I'm doing one product, one funnel, I can start to see, wait a minute, 
40% of my sales are coming from that, 20% from that, 5% from that. What if I went all in on where that 40% is coming from? And just doubling down more and more and more, it helped. And I, everyone kept telling me I was leaving money on the table left, right and center because I didn't have a podcast because I didn't have this. I still don't have a TikTok, all the things. And I didn't care because I knew that being focused in one direction was going to save me long-term and I was playing that long-term game. So simplification in every single sense. I want to retweet all of that. Mm-hmm. Same. Really, because sure, here's sure, the thing. Sure. I think people think I'm further along in my business journey than I am. And I haven't reached seven figures yet. We could have. And I would have done it in a way that I hated. Because we had too many offers. I was stretched too thin. So I chose, my business partner and I chose to cut two six-figure offers this year. And go all in on our events and our podcast, and then we launched one program out of the event. And really it was, it's kudos to you. I've heard you talk about that so often. We cut our membership, we cut our mastermind. And those were the things, especially the mastermind that I saw I could just make easy money is never a thing, right? But I saw that I hadn't a need for it. People wanted it. People are still in my DMs like, let me know when you launch it. I'm there. And it's tempting, right? But I also didn't love the life I was living when I was managing all of these programs and I wasn't getting to go deep with people. I feel like this is resonating with you just based on the look on your face. And so we're in a season right now of, again, pruning, taking two profitable offers off the table in a year when I'm also sustaining my entire household with my income and a team of four. And I know that it's going to pay off because of how I feel right now. And I'm in the point where I'm like, all right, we're, it's like the naked bush mm-hmm. that you just pruned. <laughs> you pruned so, all the, so this is sorry what to we're anyone doing, who huh? just was drinking, drinking water. <laughs> it's, it's very pruny. It's pruny. Really airy. It's very, there's a breeze. There's a light breeze, <laughs> but it's, it's necessary because I'm actually grateful. I didn't just push through so I could have the And I'm actually not the person to post on Instagram like what my revenue numbers are anyway. But like I'm glad I didn't push through with the business model I had just because I could have. We could have hit seven figures last year. We could have hit it this year. It didn't feel like the way I wanted to hit that because I want to do it in a way that also affords me the life that I want to live. So I think you got what you need from that just based on the look on your face. Thank you. Yeah. Such a great question. I would just want to call everyone by their Instagram handles. Brushstrokes Pottery. I know. <laughs> Hi, I'm Courtney Joyner, and I'm Brushstrokes Pottery here in Austin, <laughs> Texas. Welcome. <Yay>. Well, <laughs> you're here. but um, So kind of piggybacking off of what you were just saying, what advice would y'all give, or how do you stay out of your own head and remain positive when you're making some really, really big financial risks or Mm. taking some really big financial risks and you're scared shitless, but you know the end is good, but how do you stay in that positive? I think you have to go to worst case scenario and learn how to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way you can stay positive is like, if my husband and I say maybe daily right now, like, hey, if this doesn't work out, we know what to do. Mm -hmm. Like, and we, we joke about it, but we don't because we truly are okay with worst case scenario because life does that. Sometimes it will put you on your ass and wipe you clean for a while or wipe your ass clean. I don't know. (laughs) Back to shit again. I love us. (laughs) But 
that's a part of your journey. And we try to avoid sometimes the most important part. So I think I am truly saying that sentence like I really am at peace with like I'm finally at a place where if something really fails or we really lose everything that I believe that was a part of my journey to build up an even bigger portion that I can't see yet. I mean, you only have to read one biography to know that it's going to happen multiple times and that you're you're supposed to feel this way and that if you didn't, you wouldn't be playing the game you even wanted to play. I think of that all the time. You have to be in the game to win. And so you're in the game. And if you don't feel that way, you're actually not in the game that you are excited about winning. So be good with worst case scenario. And if you are, all you have to do is when you feel that way, you go to worst case scenario and you say, I'm good. And then you get back to what you want. So that's what my brain looks like 100 times a day. Am I good with worst mm-hmm. case scenario? It sure sucks. But yes, I could face it. The more friends that you build up to and the more of a network you build, you guys will never hit rock bottom for more than a day, like until you call your network of friends. Mm-hmm. Like when you have that and you're in those rooms where you can speak your truth, someone will come and they will not let you stay down. It just is the truth. So I know I have those people. Mm. I feel like being in in that season with you right now, it's taught me so many things about money that I could have never learned otherwise. And that sucks. <laughs> I, I would have loved to just learn really the lesson. Close. I was joking with someone yesterday. I was like, I'm ready for the lesson of like, mm, I have way too much. Like, what do I do with it? I'm just <laughs> ready for that. Just like, mm. it's under my mattress with the honey. And what was the? Yeah, I don't know. And... I have I've felt for a long time and I don't I don't know I don't have a number for this. I've always just felt that it is my part of my journey to facilitate larger amounts of wealth than I've experienced so far. I don't know how much that is. It might be like one dollar more than I've ever had. But you don't get to just springboard there without breaking some habits that have had you at the stages that you've currently experienced. So it's easy for me to say right now, like, oh, gosh, ooh, should we have should we have like start to second guess it? But we've already gone to the worst case scenario. I know what's important in my life and what's not. I would live with my husband in a cardboard box if it came to that. I don't like it won't. But once you know what's important to you, it's almost realizing that the people who are making big leaps aren't doing it without putting something on the line. So the truth is, and what you, there's this fly that's, is there some like spiritual significance of a gnat? Because our gnats abundant because there's this gnat that won't leave me alone right now. But it's, it's really to, to understand that you're doing something that very few people are, are doing and are willing to do. And what it's done on the other side is it's actually increased my capacity for how much uncertainty I can hold. Mm -hmm. And that is dangerous in a good way because mm-hmm. I can hold a lot more now I trust myself with a lot more uncertainty and it's not bad if I want you to fail because I want a roommate right <laughs> that's how I know I'll never be on the street I'll never live in a in a cardboard box actually I'm like writing in my journal because I want <laughs> I think sometimes too it's really easy to forget that the the reason that we're where we are is because of us a lot of us can try to attribute our success so far to other people that opportunity look well they helped mm-hmm. me i read that no it was us we are the constant mm-hmm. we are the ones that got us here and so having that awareness that if you do hit rock bottom 
you'll get yourself out of it because you got yourself to where you are now to be in a, in a place where you actually can take those risky decisions. You know, think back 10 years ago, you would have prayed to be in this position. You would have prayed to be taking the risks that you're taking now. And you're the person that's gotten you to where you are. You're the constant. The momentum is you. It's not the economy. It's not the network. It's you. And just remembering that and you'll always be solid. Mm. <laughs> yeah don't drop the mic because it's expensive but that is all the, that is all the time that we have for tonight and we want to leave a little bit of time that we can take photos with you and all of that but was tonight worth it yeah. are you happy we came to austin yeah. we did it just for your birthday just for, for your birthday, birthday. Just for your birthday. <laughs> and also i Oh, good. Yes. We'll be yes. there. But I also want you to know we were talking backstage about how we launched this. You can see there's literally 25 seats. And the three of us who, based mainly on these two, have millions of, of followers between us. And we were like, is anyone going to come? So thank you for showing up. Because yeah. we, we all had that sure. terror. We weren't sure. I said to them, I was like, is it just me or do you get nervous when you share it that um, no one will buy a ticket? <laughs> yeah. So thank yeah. You. They were like, yeah, me too. I'm like, okay, great. It's not just me. Then. And okay, we went yes. to worst case scenario. And we, we did. Said, okay, okay, well, if it. two people show up, great. It'll be like a private recording for them. It'll be it's great. Really awesome. <laughs> yeah. I would have been totally fine with two people showing for, up. We would have added them to the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You now have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs>